This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. Hey everybody, this is Lane with the Simple Passive Cashflow Podcast. Please sign up for a free call to uh, ask me any questions. And if you guys are looking for a multi-family 50-unit or higher, please send me over the deal and I can run it to my analyzer. We can talk about the deal. I can uh, show you what I'm looking at. Today, we have Gary Schwartz. Gary's a local uh, Seattle investor up here that I met through Aria. He graduated from the University of Arkansas with a chemical engineering degree, started buying single-family homes in 1995, and continued that until 2014. In 2016, he purchased his first apartment building and ended 2016 purchasing three more complexes in Texas. How are you doing, Gary? And doing all right, Lane. How are you doing? Good. I, I think we met up at that last year and you showed me all what you're doing with the Facebook ads. I knew I had to get you on this podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning a little bit about marketing as I go. I, I didn't really market very much with single families, but I'm having to switch up the game a little bit on Facebook with these apartments. So how much simple passive cash flow are you making today and how are you doing it? I'm probably making most of my living expenses uh, through apartments. Uh, most of my single families that I hold they're not really cash flowing. They're just kind of treading water. I did buy them at discounts, but uh, they're not really doing passive cash flow. Where are those single families located at? So I, I'm originally from uh, the Texarkana area, and uh, they're all very close to there, just outside town about uh, 15 miles away from Texarkana. So like you, uh, you rode that Texas wave back in the early 2000s. Late 2000s. Yes, I, I purchased some single families just at the end of the good old days and uh, well, it's just really tough to buy anything that makes any financial cash flow sense. And I just really couldn't find anything around here that would, uh, that would work financially either. If you look at the uh, rent income divided by the purchase price here in Seattle, the, the numbers are just horrible. And that's kind of one of the, my first hurdles that I run through to determine if it's something I want to pull the trigger on. And it's just, up here in Seattle, I can't find anything that really fits my underwriting. Right. And I guess what you're talking about is that rent to value ratio up here. You're looking at what, half a percent usually? That's pretty much the average. And in uh, Texarkana, it's more like 2% or sometimes more, two, two and a half. The, the, all four of them that I purchased last year all are above 2%, two, two and a half. You know what, people are probably, they just heard that big number, 2%. And I'll just point out that, you know, you're looking on the ground and you know the area and you're able to find those little better deals. But if you're just skimming the surface as a turnkey buyer, you're probably looking at more like 1% in a lot of these markets. What's your Han Solo moment? And for those who do don't know, Han Solo's buddy Chewbacca from Star Wars were cruising around the galaxy as a life smugglers, but then crossed paths with Luke and Land, their life took a pivot. So describe a time in your life where you met at resistance and that was the catalyst for your change. I would say it started in 2008. I had a lot of uh, difficulties starting from there until just about a, a year ago. Um, I've been laid off twice, fired once, and had some other difficulties in my life. And basically, didn't want to rely on another external uh, company to hold my destiny. So that's when I started looking more at multifamily as a source to replace all of my income. So in 2008, how long have you been working at that time? I basically started in 1994, and I'd worked several different jobs. But in 2008, 
I took a, uh, a severance package from one company and then it just seemed like I had a lot of changing jobs and getting laid off after that. It just seemed like a lot of stability. But before that point, I didn't really have a major motivation to go out on my own or to, to do anything really different to replace my cash flow. Right. Making pretty good money and living the linear path. What was it that right. was it pretty much just not having your control of your own destiny then? Yeah, I'd say that was it. So what made you take the jump to just picking up that single family home? Uh, basically the, the numbers. Uh, so yeah, I, I started out on single family and, and I started out on the low end of the scale and I've done everything, including uh, manufactured homes. And in manufactured homes, you can actually make really good cash flow, but the numbers are so small. I, I really pushed more toward the single family side, but yeah, as, as the market's heated up, it's just, it's almost impossible to find really good cash flowing deals. You can buy equity still, but you really can't get cash flow. And with apartments, you can scale up a lot quicker. So basically, you know, instead of buying one unit at a time, you know, you can buy 20. So the, the first deal that I closed on was a 20 unit. And I basically had about three months off between my previous job and my current job now. And I bought my first deal and lined up uh, three more right behind that. So it's just the scalability that apartments afford. It's the rent ratio, you know, is, is exceptionally high and you can get actually get NOI. So a rent ratio is just kind of a rough number to tell you where you're at, but you really want to look at NOI because that's what you're really buying is you're buying cash flow. And, um, yeah, so I, I've targeted an area that I'm very familiar with and, uh, have family there. So I go there anyway. So it's makes good sense for me to continue investing in Texas. Caller Timmy is listening right now and he's hearing what you're saying, Gary, and he's thinking, well, screw that single family home. I'm just going to go and uh, get apartment building off the bat. I mean, <laughs> there's some prerequisites to this, right? I mean, what, what did you need to get that first apartment? What you really need is, is you need to understand the business. If, if you just try to go into the business without a firm understanding of how these complexes run, how, how to read a P&L, how to do your own underwriting, you can really overpay for an asset. So it's, it's really important. I, I had a mentor. Uh, I went to a, his boot camp twice and basically learned the business. And I'm on ongoing calls, you know, just to keep my toe in the water with his organization. But between uh, that boot camp, you also really need to educate yourself with podcasts just like this one. I listen to podcasts voraciously, pretty much all commercial oriented, uh, yours and others. Another one to listen to would be marketing. You know, you really have to learn how to market yourself if you're going to be reaching out to sellers and also how to market yourself to find your potential residents. So that's, that's really what I've been doing is educating myself. And I really caution people if you want to start out, you really need to start out with a firm understanding is what do you actually want to accomplish and how are you going to get there? So going back to the single family homes and, you know, this is kind of a personal curiosity I have in mind. What are you going to do with those things? I mean, you've got some equity sitting in there. I'm going to liquidate those. I'm either going to sell them this summer or next summer. So I'm, I've got to get these guys on the market. I'm, I'm actually going back to Texarkana uh, this week to possibly set up sales for three of those, either this summer or next summer. Are you looking to put them all in the LLC and, and sell them all at once as an LLC, assign, assign the LLC to someone? Or 
one-offs retail. One-offs retail. I'm just going to put them on the MLS and just sell them off. They're they're regular retail housing. I mean, they're they're great homes, just not really cash flowing. Right, and use that cash to go into bigger and better deals. Right, right. I I, I own those houses outright, and I actually put mortgages on them to liquefy up some of that capital. So. Now I'm looking to liquefy all of it and it'll clean up my balance sheet because those are actually probably a little bit of a drain on my balance sheet. So yeah, yeah, so it's time to unload them. Tell me your current two week and six month project is to optimize the vacancies in some of your units. Let's talk about some of these uh, Facebook ads you've been doing. Yeah. So, um, Basically, I started out with about 25% vacancy. I, I, there's a total of four different complexes, a total of 68 doors. And if you're running at 25% vacancy, that's, that's pretty high. And they ran that way for years. So part of it was working with a management company to get some marketing out there. You know, they were listing their properties on the radio and the newspaper. And most people don't really gravitate to those sources anymore. So I started switching up to Facebook. So I've done quite a bit of research in those. And basically video is probably the best format to do. It, it, it took me a lot of different takes to get a video that was halfway decent. But yeah, you really got to try marketing in, in several different ways. You know, I, I do regular flat marketing, you know, with pages. But I also do a, a video pay-per-click type of marketing as well. And I went from 25% down to single digits. I'm probably about 5% right today. And uh, it's pretty much all Facebook marketing. I also do some marketing on Craigslist. But, yeah, in, in my opinion, Facebook's definitely the platform to go with right now. Right. I got a lot of tools out there and a lot of different mediums. Um, just got to figure out where your avatar is. And your avatar is your, your tenant profile. And what would you describe your uh, – your tenants in that Texacana property? I would say the typical avatar would be, you know, anywhere from, you know, just starting out in life to, to, to retirement, uh, working class and, and retired people as well. Yeah. You, you know, I gotta, I gotta admit the strange thing I do. I'm sure you do the same thing, but when I'm at like Starbucks or just um, out in the public, I like, really pay attention to how people interact with their cell phones. I'm not reading what they're doing, but I'm just seeing with the apps they're using, what's on their home screen and, and how they're interacting with emails. It's sort of interesting and you can kind of get into the mindset of your avatar. I mean, most people are like screwing around on, on Facebook all day long. And I think the ads on Facebook are this sort of the sweet spot these days. I mean, kind of the Google ads of a decade ago when they were actually effective and obviously now they're not, but like, you know, if you look at your Facebook feed, you can't really tell the difference between what's an ad and what's a video posted from a friend. Yeah, that you're exactly correct. That it, there's just countless hours that, that a lot of people spend on Facebook and it's, to me, it seems like it's the premier platform. I haven't really broken out to the other platforms yet. Facebook is, is getting me all the leads that I currently need. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely the way to go. Another way to go is, you know, just plain old marketing from the street corner. Uh, these properties really didn't have a lot of signage to direct customers to call. So that's something we're in the process of changing. Two of the properties are located right on the main road that has just tons and tons of free advertisement. So that's what we're going to leverage. 
uh, in the next coming month is basically posting up a large poster or uh, four by eight sign on, on the side of the property to direct them to call uh, my Google voice number. And one thing I saw that you were doing that was pretty interesting, you have your Facebook group or your Facebook page for your apartment building, but then when you can get your consumers or your potential tenants to share the property or share the video that you, you made, I mean, that's a, that's a viral advertisement and that's way more effective than business to person. What, what are you putting in some of those videos that you're, you're making them click and like it? <laughs> some of them are, what, what, the latest one's pretty, pretty odd. I, I basically took video and, and, and pointed to my ear to turn up the video and that, they say that that's basically an interrupt to stop people from scrolling and to turn up the video. And then I start out with a beard and I just slowly shave it down and in progression to a button chops and then a mustache. And then it's, it looks really weird, but whatever you can do to get people to stop scrolling and start listening to your message, you know, and that particular post there, I think I paid like three or $400 over the course of a month and a half. And half of that traffic was organic. So it's probably like 5,000 different views organically and 5,000 views uh, that I paid for. So it's Facebook's an awesome platform right now. And you get to be a Z level celebrity somewhere in Texas. I fully expect when I go back there, I'm going to be signing some autographs lane. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> When I got smart and sold my primary residence to start investing in investments that actually made sense, woo, I needed a place to diversify quickly as opposed to some money market or some high reward checking account. Let's face it, turnkey rentals are cool and syndications are great, but they don't come around often. I stumbled upon the American Homeowner Preservation Fund. The owner, George Newmary, once apartment syndicator too, is now sponsoring the podcast. His fund cuts the middleman out to crowdfund the solution to the mortgage crisis in America. They empower you to fund the purchase of distressed mortgages and earn returns that smoke any other passive fund. If you find something else better out there, let me know. Oh yeah, they work with families to keep them in their home after buying the underwater note at a huge discount. It's an opportunity to make an impact on families and communities while earning returns. Start investing with as little as 100 bucks in investinhp.com. If you want the free Burn Zone book, please send me an email at lane at simplepassivecashflow.com. So what about like Snapchat or Instagram? Any thoughts on those platforms? I haven't done those uh, platforms there is an Instagram link on mine, but I really don't focus on Instagram. I'm strictly staying with Facebook at the moment. When I was playing around with it, because Instagram and Facebook are connected, you can click that, that checkbox. But I've been hearing people saying that's kind of just a black hole for money. I mean, the interaction with the Instagram posts just aren't as strong as Facebook. It's not really a strong call to action or link back. Yeah. And there's, there's different goals that you can set up. You know, you can set it up to where you're trying to get people to, you know, visit a web page. You can get them to like your page. But the main thing that I'm trying to do is get people to actually call my ad. So I have a, a, a Google voice line that I actually track throughput on. So it's, it's a good way to find out, Hey, how many calls am I actually getting? How many missed calls do I have? You know, so make sure that person I have uh, that's supposed to be answering the phone is. So there's, there's Google Voice is definitely something that you want to have hooked to your business or something like that. 
Yeah, something I heard recently that you might want to try to implement was I, I think I showed you my Google form that I was using for the Who You Deal Pipeline Club, which you guys can sign up for if you just just go to the website and sign up for my deals. But you know, people don't really want to talk to a person these days, right? I mean, especially millennials or folks my age. I mean, they they just want to text like a bot. I mean, the marketing bots seem to be the next biggest thing that that may potentially happen. You know, if they just want to go to a website on their phone, fill in their data, and then have someone email them. They don't want to talk to someone. And right, right. I know that's how yeah, it is with they, me. They can't interact with us. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm I, the opposite. I, I, I much rather prefer the prefer the, the voice format. But yeah, I, I, I see a lot of people, and it's just it really amazes me. I guess how how different people are. But yeah, I've I've, I've seen exactly what you're talking about. And then it comes down to your avatar. Is your avatar a 20 year old or 30 year old? I mean, personally, I'm at work, so it's like it's hard to take calls, and it's just easier to text message back and forth, even though it's sort of unprofessional or or new age. But um, you know, I imagine a lot of people they're working their job at Subway and they can't get to their phone, and next thing they know, it's four thirty and five o'clock, and all the businesses are closed, and <laughs> your property manager is gone. It's just hard to get a hold right, of people. Right, right. Just different thoughts. Yeah. Who knows what works? So far, we're doing all right. I mean. Yeah, I think three or four months to bring the vacancy down to something reasonable, that's that's pretty quick, you know. And I, I think once I get my uh, street-level marketing going, I, I think I'm going to be off to the races. So what's your property management think that you do, you're pretty much doing their job for them? Well, that's something that we're working on. We're, we're going to get them back engaged with the marketing side of it. They, they, they do some marketing, but we've got to probably change their their format. So we have stopped doing the newspaper and the radio, but yeah, it, it is something that we've got to work on in the future. What's your simple passive cash flow number? And imagine you had two times it. describe your ideal day, detailed routine and what projects you'd be working on. Oh, I would say probably waking up early. Uh, I usually still, I, I like to get up early and um, probably working out a little bit, um, grab a cup of coffee and then start cruising around the internet looking for more properties to buy. Any, uh, what sites are you checking out these days? I mainly look at LoopNet is mainly what I look at and mainly what I'm looking for are actually brokers to talk to. So basically if, if you don't have a broker that you're routinely talking to, you might be missing out on a lot of potential leads because it, it truly starts with that personal relationship. If you're, you know, a, a lot of these people will, you know, they'll, they'll may reply to you on email, but it's, it's almost impossible to start a relationship via texting or email. If you don't have that personal touch and personal uh, reaching out to these brokers, they're probably going to go in a different direction. You probably won't get any real, real viable leads, but that's, that's mainly what I'm doing. Something that you've recently thought about burning your cash on for time savings or improvement in quality of life. Well, I think your VA concept is probably the, the best idea. I, I, I love everything about apartments and investing in apartments except for the paperwork. I, I just am not a guy that's, that's has any accounting bones in him. So that's something that I have to backfill. I need to find somebody to replace me in that aspect. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's interesting to find them things for you to do that you just realize that you're just trading your time for money. That's something that you recently changed your mind on. Oh, I would say changing my mind on would be basically moving away from single family homes. You know, my parents, they've invested in single family homes pretty much over the last 30 years and they've done well in it. But, and that's, that was the same path that I was following. 
but I just didn't see a way to scale and to move as much cash flow as what I needed to move. So I, I would say that probably be my biggest uh, change in mindset would be to move off a of single family and into that multifamily realm because it's just so much more potential there as far as the uh, bandwidth that you can do in one particular time and the, the metrics just work out so much better from a cash flow perspective. And what was your simple passive cash flow that you're shooting for? I would like to hit 10000 a month passively. But that, that's my target. I'm probably pretty much, you know, we'll see over the next few months, but I think I'm getting pretty close to that number. You know, what I like about multifamily too is, you know, you mentioned you're on LoopNet and, you know, everybody jokes and laughs about how Zillow or LoopNet is where deals go to die. But if you don't build rapport with brokers and you don't call, and you don't look it up, look it up then nothing happens. And there's so few multifamily investors out there that can actually take action that LoopNet's a good place. It's a, it's a place to start, you know, it's, it's may not be the finish line, but it's, it's where I started. And that's how I developed a relationship with the broker that I ultimately purchased from. And then that, and that broker basically introduced me to my property manager, which is where I got three other purchases from. So, you know, once you kind of get that critical mass going, you know, there's basically no, no stopping you, but you've got to get that first deal underneath your belt. And in order to do that, you have to take constant action you know it's this isn't a business where you're trying to get rich quick you know or have something just luckily happen to you. i mean it, it does happen but it's still it, it takes daily daily work you know by ed- starting with education and but you can't just educate yourself you have to take action every single day you're not really going to move the ball forward effectively it is trading your time for money in the beginning but the payoff is so much more absolutely the last question here, Gary, Tony Robbins identifies two large concepts that we continually struggling to gain perfection at. The first is art fulfillment and the second is the science of achievement. So if you die tomorrow and I were to email this to your, uh, your kids a couple of decades later when they'd actually listen, first, what is your secret or hack to the science of achievement? Any secret habits to share? Any morning rituals, nighttime rituals? Basically, the way I start every day is I, I try to get up early every morning and get a jump on life, you know, get myself up and running and become active. And basically, a, a lot of the things that I do are real, real simple. You know, I, I run on lists. There's a lot of, uh, of merit to be given to lists. You know, you, the human mind just, I don't think we can hold more than three or four things at the same time. And in order to hold more than that, you have to start developing some type of list. So what I typically do is I'll, when I think of something or when, when somebody's bringing something up, I'll email myself and I use my, I used to have manual lists, but now I do everything via email. I'll, I'll email myself something to do and I won't take it off of that email inbox until it's done. So that's, that's basically how, how I work is, you know, early to rise, you know, running off a list and just keep plugging away at it every single day. You know, and if, if you add up days and days and weeks and weeks and months and months of action, you know, you're eventually going to be able to close a deal on your own. And I got a cool app for you for your lane hack of the day. I know you got, oh, the, I, I know you got the iPhone and, you know, I do the same thing. I, I work out of my inbox as a to-do list and I often get the zero inbox every day. When you've got that idea and you're, you're going to email it to yourself when you're driving, it's sort of difficult to type in your email address into the subject line. But there's this app, I think it's called Cap2 or something like that, but just search for it. But it basically just What's, sends you automatic email. 
whatever you type in. So you can just type a note and it'll automatically send it to you. So it's like a one tap to open the app. Then you just start typing and you press send and it just emails it to you in the subject line. Really? What, what's that called? Uh, let me go and grab it, what it is. Uh, it's called Captio. C-A-P-T-I-O. It's a neat little okay. app. Let's try that out. Yeah. Maybe I'll uh, save you from getting out. into a car accident. Then <laughs> I appreciate that. What is your secret or hack to the art fulfillment? I think for fulfillment for me is basically being happy with what I have. I mean, I, I truly have everything that I need in life and there's not anything that I'm really short on. It's basically being happy with what we have, you know, and I, I personally don't really live at financial red line. And I, I think if a lot of people, you know, what try to save at least 10% of their overall income, tithe 10% or give 10% away, you know, to, to other people that are maybe less fortunate than us, you know, it, it basically would pay it forward, you know. And so that's, that's kind of what I, I subscribe to is I, I've been saving, you know, I, I, since I got laid off the first time, I really pushed my, uh, my number way down as far as my living expenses. And I, I saved a lot more than 10%. And that's, that's how I've been able to purchase uh, uh, the multifamilies that I've purchased so far is basically off of my own savings. Now the next step will probably have to be syndication for me, but you know, it's, it's a good step, you know, and it takes so much stress out of your life if you're not living from check to check, you know? So no matter how much you make, typically, you know, you can always save some amount and eventually get away, get some of that stress out of your life. So I know you tie the church, but what are your thoughts about, not giving away your money for the next 10 years, but then having that in real estate growing at 20, 30, 40% a year and then giving away at the end. Uh, I'm going to do both. You know, I, I don't see any reason I can't do both. You know, I, I truly don't miss 10%. I mean, it's, it's such an inconsequential part of my life because I've backed away from that edge of how much I spend every month to cover my living expenses that it's, it's not really of an issue to go ahead and, and, uh, do both actually. Eric, anything we miss, uh, link at your contact information out there for people to get a hold of you. Sure. Yeah. If anybody wants to reach out, you can email me at Seattle, S E A T T L E hog H O G the number nine, the number four at yahoo.com. All right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And for the rest of you guys, please go to the website and sign up for the Hui deal pipeline club. Sign up for a call. Thanks Gary. Bye-bye. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself, because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.